Welcome, this is my Arabian Nights CW2 podcast. We're looking at five different events that I've attended over the past month and a bit, and I'll be telling you a little bit about it. Let's get into it. So the first event I'm going to be talking about was Guardians of the Galaxy. So back in October, me and my group of friends attended a secret cinema event held in an undisclosed location in West London. You're guided from Wembley Park Station to the venue by people in costume. It was really cool. Uh, the event is put on by Secret Cinema. It lasts around four hours, I think. However, so much happens. It's really hard to keep track of time once you're inside. Now... Once we were inside, there were no mobile phones and no real access to the outside world. We were fully immersed in the world of Guardians. We had joined a clan called Dark Star Bandits. I know, cool name. And had to complete to earn credits in order to reach the top of the leaderboard and win the competition because all the different clans were competing. It was really cool. In the event, we're surrounded by actors that were in full costume and makeup, um, which we were really able to interact with and develop stories. It was truly awesome. Uh, the fact that there was a whole themed world to explore was slightly terrifying, as I knew that I wasn't going to see everything. So I just took the mindset, throw myself into everything that I was able to do, trading with scavengers, bartering with dealers, even passing on secret messages to high-ranking officials in the world. Honestly, I loved this event so much and I'll do it again in a heartbeat. To link it back to Arabian Nights, I couldn't help thinking about how we're always on stage. A lot like these performers. Although they aren't always in the action, they're always in character, in the moment, engaged, ready to pounce. And I really think if I can bring this mentality to my roles in Arabian Nights, it should help me elevate my overall performance and help to contribute to the overall success of the performance as a whole. So this next piece is a piece of digital theatre that I watched, um, a piece called Real Magic, uh, put on by Forced Entertainment. In their own words, Forced Entertainment's Real Magic creates a world of absurd disconnection, struggle and comical repetition. Directed by Tim Etchells and devised by the company, Real Magic is just that. I found while watching this piece a sense of confusion mixed with comedic relief. For the most part, I didn't really get it. However, I still found moments within to be enjoyable. Is it something I would normally go and see? No, it's not. It really isn't my sort of normal cup of tea. Would I go and see other works by them if I had the chance? Absolutely. To see something devised from nothing and be performed with surgical precision? You can't say no to that. Kathy Naden, who uh, we've been lucky enough to work with this semester, was also involved with the creative inputs for this piece. And speaking to her in some of the workshops that we had, um, she said, you don't have to get it. It's just there for you to experience as you please. And I really jived with this because for the most part, I didn't get this piece. But as I've said, there were moments in there that I did find the comedic relief. I did find it funny. Thinking back to Arabian Nights, of course, I found that I don't always get what we're doing in the rehearsal space. 
because uh, we don't have a set and we have very minimal costume. So we really have to be precise in what we're doing to ensure we tell a clear and coherent story that our audience may understand or they may not. They could interpret things their own way that we didn't intend, but you know what? I think that's okay. Art is for everyone and everyone will find their own meaning in things. As long as we have a clear understanding of what we're doing, it should be okay. For this next segment, I was going to talk about the live lounge event that they have at the SU every couple of weeks. However, on my walk home from work to the underground station yesterday, I came across a man drumming. Drumming on Tottenham Court Road. I don't know his name, I don't even know if he was playing any particular song. However, what captured me and made me stand and listen to this man for about 10 minutes was the fact that he was playing on buckets, cymbals on the floor, and anything. Little tins, he had a cowbell. I think the cowbell and the cymbals were the only musical instruments he actually had. Despite all this, it sounded just like a drum kit. His passion and his connection to the music he was playing was palpable. It was honestly one of the coolest things I've ever seen on the streets of London. When I was walking up the street and I heard drums in the distance, I thought, oh, it's probably like a music event on in a pub or something with a live band. But no, as I got closer, the drumming got louder. And like then it was like, I'm right on top of the drumming. And I was like, where's this drumming coming from? And I walk around this little hut and there's this man sat around all these buckets drumming in the middle of the street. Honestly, it was so cool. It was just, oh. I wish you could have been there. Seeing as I played the drums in Arabian Nights, it really made me think and want to be able to have that same level of connection because he was one with the music he was playing and I feel like in any live band you need to work as one living organism to reach a level and you each need to react to each other, responding to each other. And then, and only then, your music will be able to reach people on a whole new level. So this next one's a little bit controversial, but we're gonna go with it. So I was flicking through a copy of The New Yorker from July 5th, 2021. Uh, It was kindly gifted to me by one of my lecturers, Tristan Parks, and I came across an illustration, uh, illustration by Leonardo Santa Maria. Uh, it was on page 31. It was somewhere between photorealism and cartoonish in nature, that strange sort of in between. And it was a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse um, crouching over a protester laying face down on the floor. Uh, they were illuminated by what I would imagine were headlight beams, the light glinting off his rifle and half illuminating his face. There was almost a look of terror. I then went on to read the adjoining article written by Paige Williams, um, and one part in particular grabbed my attention. According to a theory of social psychology called the weapons effect, the mere sight of a gun inspires aggression. In 1967, the psychologists Leonard Berkowitz and Anthony LePage wrote 
In essence, the gun helps pull the trigger. That really made me think, and it raised a question in my head. If Sharia had not had the power to murder these 1,001 young women, would he have found a way? Did he do it because he had to, or just because he could? And it took Shahrazad to show him that he didn't need to kill them. And it made me realise that she essentially removed the metaphorical gun from his hands, taking away his ability to pull the trigger. I just That was a parallel that kind of just jumped out to me while reading the article, even though there are no guns in Arabian Nights. finally, uh, we come to a film that I watched, All Quiet on the Western Front. The 2022 World War I film from the perspective of a German soldier, directed by Edward Berger, follows the journey of Paul Baumer as he and his classmates go off to fight the war. However, the glossy romantic view of war is quickly shifted into perspective as raw images of conflict convey the drastic realisation many young German boys faced once they reached the front. I found watching this film to be an emotional roller coaster and a cinematic triumph. It felt like Germany saving Private Ryan in its brutal depiction of war, with its stark contrast between those on the front line and those calling the shots from the safety of their stately manners. The absolutely devastating pattern of building connections with characters to then have them killed off as if it were nothing truly adds to the horror of this war and helps convey the emotional turmoil that Paul is going through throughout this film. The real devastation, however, comes right at the end, when they're forced to attack at 10.45 on November 11th. They go forward and rush the French trench. Paul is doing well until he's forced into a bunker and standing face to face with his enemy. Then, from the shadows behind, he is pierced through the chest with a bayonet. Moments after this, they they call the ceasefire. Paul, bleeding out slowly, emerges, and then we cut away. We see a new soldier carrying out one of Paul's first tasks, collecting tags. He then comes across Paul's dead body. We never see Paul die, which is uh, truly emotional and although devastating, a perfect ending to this masterpiece. When looking at Arabian Nights, I think it's relevant to convey how brutal the king is being and the fear felt by the vizier at times that he may lose his daughter at any moment. Equally throughout the film, there is amazing use of music and I feel this is equally important to convey the story in an effective way. And there we have it folks, that is my five artistic dates. Uh, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Um, Yeah, see you in the next one.